Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. It's been a while. Have not done a ton of these. You'll have to forgive us. There was some traveling. There was a housing pipe issue. There was... Um, well, there was also kind of a lull in in the sports. Obviously, football had the bowl game. Uh, went about, I mean, you can go back and listen to that podcast. It went about what I expected it to go. Uh, not, not a ton of surprises. So this episode, it's going to be about the basketball side of things. Uh, basketball, they're 11 and four. It's uh, it's in very been a very interesting 11 and four. Not too many teams can can claim that they they well no one else can claim they beat the number one team in the country in Gonzaga but then they also suffered some losses um couple a couple blowout losses on the road and then a nine point loss to Illinois overtime loss to Oregon but then last night they got the double overtime win over Purdue badly needed for the Wolverines so we'll start with listener questions we only got we only got one people seem to have more questions about football um but this one is, what are your thoughts on David DeJulius getting more minutes at the two? It seems his seems as Brooks has lost confidence and maybe seeing the first five or six minutes of a game and coming in will benefit him, similar to Duncan Robinson, I assume, and Isaiah Livers in years past. So I still think you start Eli Brooks at the at the two. Um, you know, but I think this opens up a different discussion. With Isaiah Livers out, and we don't know how long he'll be out for, but even when he comes back, I don't know that he's necessarily going to play 35 minutes a game. I really liked how DeJulius played on on Thursday, or last night, depending on when you listen to this. And I really like that lineup, actually, of the the three guards. So Eli Brooks, David DeJulius, Xavier Simpson, and then Franz Wagner at the four. And John Teske at the five. That I mean, that was their winning lineup. That's when they started to look good. DeJulius was plus twelve in a game they won by six. So clearly he was a net positive. Felt like he was finally starting starting to distribute the ball like he is capable of. He had career high six assists. He hadn't had more than three assists before, which I thought was interesting. Um Brooks had a rough game. He also had a rough game at Michigan State. I I don't know. He's, he had a, he's had a pretty good season. I believe he's still averaging double digits on the year, so not sure that he necessarily needs to start on the bench, but maybe when Livers comes back, it should be 50-50 kind of between DeJulius and Brooks. And DeJulius is, is climbing. It seems like he's really an offensive asset for the Wolverines when he's on. Steve, I, I you know, there'll be a, I'll have a story about this in short, probably around the time the podcast comes out about this this three-guard lineup. They had it early on in the season when Franz Wagner was hurt. And I I feel like they should bring it back a little bit more. I, I understand that, you know, in the first half they did it for a moment, and and I believe Eli Brooks had a three rejected because, well, there was a 6-7 guy guarding him. So there's obviously some mismatch opportunities, but I don't know. I, I feel like with Livers out, Brooks, DeJulius, Simpson... Wagner and Teske, that's putting your five best players on the floor. And there is something to be said for positions, but when it's all said and done, you do need your best basketball players on the court as much as possible. What do you think, Steve? Uh, You know, Eli Brooks, four points against Purdue, two points against Michigan State, two points against Oregon, two points against Louisville, 
eight points against Gonzaga on ten shots. I, I just outside of his game against North Carolina, where he might have been Michigan's best player, he's there's really just been a stark contrast in his production against quality teams versus like what I would say are non-quality opponents. You know, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what. He looks he's looked you skip the, the you last... skip the twelve points against Illinois. I would, I mean Illinois, you know, still they're ranked higher two. in the Ken Palm than than North Carolina is. Well, no, I know. I mean, well, that was that's almost like maybe more of my point then that yeah. North Carolina is not that good. Either. Illinois is twenty six uh, in the country. They're they're legit. Sure. Yeah. But those are some major differences. I mean, you take Oregon, Michigan State, Purdue, which you know Purdue. I don't think they're probably not that rankly ranked that highly on, on Ken Palm. I would assume uh, they are actually. Louisville. They're they're twenty. Oh wait, they're no, they're the ones. That, they're the team that has all the losses that is still pretty highly ranked. That's yeah. I remember seeing that yeah. early in the year. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, DeJulius, Yeah, I thought took. You already mentioned it. Took a huge step yesterday with his ability to drive and dish. I think that really is maybe what won the game for them. You know, something that we've been kind of waiting to see from him. Simpson did what he does. Uh, still one of the more underappreciated players that I can remember in recent memory in, in any Michigan sport, you know, as a guy that was really, you can't measure clutch, but he was that yesterday. He was definitely clutch. I mean, lots of big drives and shots at key points, some great assists. I mean, he'd have had like 14, 15 assists. If, if they make open Michigan shots. Had, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's why I, said, I tweeted that yesterday and got a little bit of blowback on it was, you know, I thought the offense was executed pretty efficiently yesterday. They just missed a ton of wide open looks. And so I almost got you know, snarky Julius... with you about that, by the way, because I was about to say, name the best offensive player in, in the NBA history that didn't score a ton of points. Like It's kind of like you got to score points at some point, but, but I, I do agree. That, but, but there's a yeah. difference between like shooting the ball well or shooting the ball not well to me is not, does not mean that your offense is not executing. Shooting, executing your shooting is different than executing your offense. Your objective offensively is to create open shots for your players. If you're doing that, your offense, something in your offense is working. And I know that Michigan's not as good a shooting team as they've been in the past, but there's not a defense in the country that wants anybody shooting wide open three point shots mm -hmm. consistently. I don't think Purdue is sitting there going, "Oh, good, it's working." <laughs> They're, they're getting wide open shots and missing them. That's what we've wanted. You know, I think it's just, you know, in the, it's the, that bad shooting has plagued Michigan now. It was a road deal before, but yesterday it kind of, you know, for the first time I think at home really kind of showed its, uh, reared its ugly head, as they would say. So I personally, I, I and I've been, I've actually kind of been an Eli Brooks defender. I think he just needed more time and, and you know, maybe – I think he's vibed better with Howard. He seems a little more comfortable on the floor, but I, I DeJulius just offers a little bit more. Uh, DeJulius kind of reminds me, there's not similar style, but he reminds me of Rockman in that he can at least, he can get into the lane and create some shots. And I think that always opens things up when you have two guys that can drive the lane and get to the basket. Brooks can, but just, He's very. He seems inconsistent in his assertiveness offensively, and like I said, the statistics sort of bear out that the level of opponent may have an impact on that. So, 
I'd, I'd like to see more DeJulius. I also think, you know, we, I don't know if this transitions or not. I Same with, I think, I don't think it was a surprise to see Austin Davis as the first post off of the bench yesterday. Uh, you know, Castleton continues to kind of look a little inconsistent to me. It doesn't, seems to look a little lost offensively. I know you, you said yesterday it can be the case for a lot of big men, but um, Davis just seems more crisp, more reliable, you know, better defensively. It's like we were saying yesterday, it was like him getting two fouls was like not good when normally he'd be a guy that you'd put in to basically foul <laughs> or to play aggressively, you know? So those two guys, Davis, DeJulius, trending up a little bit for me, you know, I still think Brooks has a huge role. Don't get me wrong. Cause he can, he can, when he's open, he, he can consistently hit from deep, but you know, he hasn't done that. And, you know, against good competition so far, in my opinion. Yeah. I think one thing with Brooks, I don't have a cool stat. I usually like to have cool stats when I say make arguments. I feel like his, his awareness, his fluidity, I guess, you know, if you're Michigan, you have 31 games, you might as well tinker with the lineup especially if DeJulius is looking a little bit like a a hot hand at times. Seems like his second half scoring outputs have been quite high. I mean, he scored quite a few points in the second half against Michigan State. He did something similar against Oregon. Obviously, both were losses, but at the same time, if he's rolling, I mean, they're probably going to play about the same amount of minutes anyways. If you're going to Minnesota on Sunday, it's I don't think it's the worst idea to to start DeJulius. The big thing is you don't you don't want there to be stress or controversy. You want them to you want you want your team to play basketball if you're Juwan Howard. But but yeah, if you have someone who is producing a little bit more, could you imagine Brooks losing his starting job for the third year in a row though? Well, that's what and that's yeah, and that's where I wondered you know, starting is just a thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, and I agree in that you have to be cautious in how you handle something like that. You could start Brooks and still play him a healthy amount of minutes, but then maybe, maybe DeJulius plays a few more minutes than he was, you know? I mean, cause so it's not like DeJulius careful. has been crazy good. You know, he's been productive. No. He's been more productive than Brooks, but he had a pretty, uh, tame game against Michigan State, and I didn't realize last night of his eleven points, seven of them came on free throws, and a few of those were at the end of the game when you know Purdue's just doing the foul in hopes of coming back. It's and that's not a dig at DeJulius either. It's just it's not like this is night and day difference yet. Sure, but sure. I think I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the mental makeup of the two. If you think you can tinker and and they'll still both produce and kind of go approach it together, then by all means, start DeJulius, see what he looks like in the starting role. But um, I don't know. I I still think without without Livers, I think Michigan's best solution is putting them both on the court. I, sure. I just... Well, the, the outcome of last night's game is very evident that there was a, a massive difference in production. Mm-hmm. And for all the, all the strides that Johns has made... He is not a comparable three-point shooter, enough a good enough of a shooter from deep to really kind of supplement what Livers brings to the table. Right. I give him credit for take. He took quite. He took a few. He was a little timid, I think, against Michigan State 
from deep. I think he passed up some opportunities. He passed up a couple. He looked like he see. um he looked like I mean he, early on he was taking them, and then it looked like he got in his head a little bit. Sure, sure. So I agree though. I mean, yesterday kind of bears that out. I was actually, you know, it's funny because the second, and I know Harms was out for the whole second half of the game. I kind of wondered if Michigan, because do you, give me your input here. I think Beeline would have started the game small with Harms and Williams. Is I mean, is Oh, that's how to Michigan try to like beat, counter how, it? Well, that's how Michigan beat Texas in the tournament a few years ago. It's how they beat Texas A&M in the tournament a couple of years ago was Instead of allowing them to dictate how you would set your lineup, you would do it reverse and and go small and make them maybe play a little bit more defense or. or yeah, something I don't like know that. if they would have gone small at the at the guard position because because three guys who are six foot one or shorter on the court at the same time that's that's not usually a recipe for success in the Big Ten. I do wonder if with Livers out, would Beeline have gone with Wagner at the four sooner? I kind of think he would have because, sure. you know, I'll, I'll harken back to past Michigan-Purdue games. Was it uh, 2017, I think it was, when Caleb Swanigan won Big Ten Player of the Year and he could, didn't do anything against Michigan because they couldn't have him and Haas on the court at the same time because DJ Wilson would just stretch them out and make them play where they've never played all year defensively. So let's see. Pulling up the stats on Caleb Swanigan just because I'm curious. Um, well, he was the opposite of, was it Etwan Moore? Was he the one that always had, like, he averaged, like, nine points a game for the year, but would have, like, 38 against Michigan? <laughs> was he the one that would always... No, there's that one guy that Purdue had for years. Like, his box score against Michigan was always insane for some reason. I mean, he was a good player. I, I don't know if it was Moore or not. It was somebody back three or four years ago, one of their guards, who would just always play out of his mind against Michigan. And was a, was a quality player otherwise. But, mm-hmm. um, so Swanigan actually did okay against Michigan. I can, I, I kind of got to eat my eat my comments there a little bit. I wonder if Haas was the one who didn't do so well in 2017. Oh, yeah, um, it would have been in 17 because he was really good in the. I remember the Big Ten tournament game. He was really good. Uh, kind of similar to how the with Williams yesterday. I think Haas made like he had like half of their points. Right. So Haas in 2018 did really well against Michigan, but I'm talking yeah. about 2017. Anyway, yeah, no, we're getting a little tangential. Yeah, there's, they they had two bigs, and Michigan basically put DJ Wilson and Duncan Robinson at the four, and Purdue couldn't play them both, and they were never comfortable. I believe they lost to Michigan both times they played that year. Um, granted, neither was in West Lafayette, but still. Uh, yeah, I I, kinda, I like the lineup. Only- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, Michigan Purdue's always been fun. Yeah, I, like- a, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it a rivalry, but it, there's been some really, you know, I know the I you know the immense respect between Beeline and, and Painter. You know, uh, the, the, there have been some really really good games between these two schools the last few years. It's always a fun. It's always a fun matchup to watch. Right, right. No Painter Painter so. might be my favorite coach. Him He's and- great. No, I like him. He's always very. Uh, He's always been very complimentary of Michigan. I don't know how he talks about other programs, but I know when it comes to Michigan, he's always been super, super complimentary of. Well, and he's uh, genuine too. He's not. He's right, not blowing right. smoke. Um, yeah, him and Tony Bennett might be my favorite coaches in college basketball. But um, anyway, anyway, uh, 
Other other topics of of the basketball team, big man, big man defense. Um, another another center power forward type went off against Michigan. So Trevion Williams has thirty six against Michigan. Xavier Tillman has twenty. Kofi Coburn has nineteen. Luca Garza has forty four. Think it's think it's time to start doubling the post uh, uh, here and there. I, Michigan does lead the nation in limiting three point attempts, and they they I think they're third in the nation in points allowed from beyond the beyond the three point line, fewest points allowed I should say. So they are defending the three really well, and they're limiting threes. I think it's fair to say though that maybe Michigan is overemphasizing that, especially given how many good big. Big men, center, power forward types are on the Big Ten. We had this discussion on the on the radio show earlier today. If you look at the best players in the Big Ten, a lot of them are centers. I mean, if you, I think eight of the top fourteen scorers in the league are what I would call big men. So even if they're listed at forward, they're more of the six, eight plus, two forty plus type players instead of like Isaiah Livers. They're bigger than Livers. How about that? Um, and so I don't know about, about you, Steve. I feel like last night was, it was a little bit glaring Purdue. They had, they, they are a three point shooting team, but they aren't good at it. They don't have, they don't have Carson Edwards. They don't have Ryan Klein. You know, it's kind of a tweener year for them. I felt like they could have let, I mean, I mean, who would you rather have in that second half as Purdue's taken a lead? Who would you rather have getting the opportunity to score points? Evan Boudreaux and Sasha Stajanovic or Travion Williams, who already had like 20-plus points. It, I don't know. I And you pointed out before the show, as soon as Michigan did start sending Franz in for a little, you know, cheating in a little bit, helping a little bit with Teske, Williams didn't know what to do. So when they go to Minnesota and face Daniel Oturu, who's averaging 19 points and 12.5 rebounds a game, I th- I think it's time for Michigan to to clamp down in that regard. I don't know. What are your thoughts on on that whole ordeal? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. No, you have to. It's, the proof is in the pudding, as, they, as one would say. You know, the Garza game was more of a clinic. Williams, it was like half clinic, half the guy was just unconscious from the field. <laughs> but there's been too long. Well, even even Tillman. You know, Tillman really beginning of the year was not playing really high quality basketball, but he was a force again. 
against Michigan, you know? And so, I yeah, I think that there's – and I got Michigan State a little bit different, you know, more talent. You, you draw somebody down, they got guys who can hit. But, you know, yesterday especially, yeah, especially it was a two-man show. Because Thompson and, – and really even that, you know, Thompson had like a basically a five-minute spurt where I think he had 12 straight – for Purdue or, or, you know, something like 12 or 13 straight points for them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it was all Williams and, you know, and yeah, I agree. There's not enough of an emphasis on, okay, this guy's playing out of his mind or this guy's really effective. Let's, let's have one of these other guys beat us, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Michigan, I think could have saved themselves a little bit of a headache last night. Again, we're not, you don't, you don't need to go down double every, every time the guy gets the ball. But to throw someone over there every once in a while, just to keep them honest, make some other guys hit some shots, or at least attempt some shots, you know, I think, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's wise to do the whole, it's go, it's gone a little bit too far with the whole, all right, let's let him get his, <laughs> you right. know, because that's, you've seen that, you see that happen every once in a while, you see that in like the NBA, let's say, or something, you know, the, the star players are going to get theirs, that you make the other guys beat you, you know, it's like a little bit too much because he nearly won that game for them single-handedly. Right. You know, and, and this is a guy who averages nine points a game. And again, very talented, and I think his, his best basketball is ahead of him. I don't think he's a nine-point-a-game player, you know, and I think he'll probably build off of this performance, but what, he had 36? Yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed I mean, to quadruple you know, he, your... <laughs> yeah, he quadrupled his season average. I mean, that's, that's, that's where you're kind of like... And it's almost, to me, it's almost like you feel bad for Teske because people are pointing the finger at him as if, oh, man, this guy, he's regressing defensively or regressing, period, or whatever, when it's like usually there's a little bit of help every once in a while. That can make a big difference, right? you know, to, to basically leave him on an island all game when he's playing, like, what what he play last night? Probably 42 like 40, 40 plus minutes, probably, right? Teske? I mean, yeah, did he didn't sit that long last night, did he? No, he didn't. I know um, Williams played more. Sure. I mean, he was, he played an insane amount of minutes. Well, he had to. Right. <laughs> that was the other, because that's a, that he doubled his minutes average, too, because I believe he was only averaging 20 minutes a game. I think they, I remember them saying that last night. So yeah. he's a guy who just, again, a little bit different than Garza, who I think could be one of the two or three best players in the conference. You know, but still, it, it gets to a point where, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, okay, enough's enough. We got to do something about it, and they they finally did, and it did. It made a difference for the sake they of got a couple. Yeah. Oh, for the sake of fact checking, Teske played thirty nine minutes. Williams played forty four. Harms, I didn't realize he played eleven. He looked like he was walking with a limp basically the entire game. Um. So that's part of why Williams played more and took more shots. Like he was probably going to score more than nine points yesterday no matter what just because harms wasn't playing uh still still yeah oturu third in the big 10 in scoring behind garza and winston who have combined for 76 points against michigan in two games <laughs> yeah, um so he's gonna beeline it worked sometimes the let let this one guy score 40 po i don't know if they ever scored 40 but let this one guy go off and score a bajillion points and just stop everybody else. I don't think it's the worst strategy. And and I to to that I would point to 
Michigan has still won the Big Ten home games, and they have still lost the Big Ten road games. Um, they're they're right. they're like just about average. Conference, like everybody else in the conference. Right, right. I mean, you know, the Illinois game maybe is the one you could say, oh, if they had done this or this differently, maybe they they win that game. But um, Illinois is looking pretty good right now, and so I mean, they just beat Wisconsin on the road. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily off track. But yeah, at some point, at some point, these centers scoring thirty plus a game, it's gonna it's gonna prove costly. So I, yeah, I think they should defend the or double the post more often. And I don't think they need to always. I mean, it's never like that. They never just have two guys set up on camping out. Otherwise, as as you've pointed out, Division One basketball players, if they're open, they're going to make shots. So um, anyway, I'm trying to think. Uh, we're kind of midway through the season. We've seen some ups for Michigan, blowing out Carolina, beating Gonzaga by 18, you know, taking down Iowa State, taking down Clemson, taking down Iowa and Purdue. They they have some, they have what, 6 or 7 top 50 wins now. Uh yeah. which is kind of interesting given that I think most fans are and and rightfully so cuz they lost 4 out of 5 games against high major teams during a stretch. I guess, where do you see, looking at the rest of the schedule, they have, well, they have 16 Big Ten games left. I believe eight are on the road, eight are at home. Maybe we don't need to look completely macro, but I guess what's, what else is standing out to you as things that, that Michigan has to work on? Obviously, getting Livers back is big. I mean, he was supposed to be there. Well, at one point, he was their best scorer. He's their best shooter. Arguably their best dunker, um, pretty solid rebounder, team leader, veteran player who's played over 100 games in his career. Has he? Eh, maybe not quite 100, but Coming getting there. Close. Yeah, he's close. Um, he's he's obviously a big thing. I think the other big key that they have to change is they, they, I, they don't need to win all of their Big Ten road games. They have to look better than they've looked. They, they cannot... They cannot make it through this schedule. There's so many top 40, top 50 teams in the Big Ten. I think I saw in the NCAA's net rankings, 12 Big Ten teams are in the top 54 in the net rankings. So really, other than a trip to Nebraska, which has actually already caused a couple upsets, and a trip to Northwestern, which has always seemed to be tricky for Michigan, they've everyone they play is going to be of tournament quality. And so I think they have to figure out what they're doing on the road. I think I think that's a that's a Simpson Teskey thing. They're seniors, they've done it. I think that's a Jawan Howard thing. How do you coach how do you coach through travel? How do you coach through or how do you keep your team focused? Or maybe not as focused. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe they're getting overextended being on the in on these road trips. The basketball is different. It's still the stupidest rule in in I can imagine in sports. You can literally have a different basketball in a such a skill-driven sport uh, based on where you go. That's that's bananas to me. It can vary in weight, texture, size, um, brand, pressure. Uh, so they got they got to figure it out because they don't necessarily need to have a winning record on the road. Like I would point to the 2013 and 2018 team, they were both around 500 in Big Ten road games. But 0-2 with two pretty bad drubbings 
Uh, that is not that's not going to work. You know, if they if they lose at Minnesota, at Iowa, at Rutgers, at um, you know, I, I can't remember what the other one that's coming up soon is. But if they if they lose all of them, or if they look bad and say in their final eight games, if they go two and six or one and seven, or who knows, zero oh and eight, it's uh, it's going to be tricky for Michigan in terms of seeding because it's just it's just hard. It's hard. There's a it's a very balanced league, and the best teams are going to figure out how to win on the road. Steve, any thoughts on what you've seen from their from their road efforts so far? I want to ask you about the ball thing. I, I think I knew that, but to what extent do you have to commit to a ball for the season? So, like, does Michigan or can they vary what type of ball they use based on? I, I don't know. Is that do you know? I don't think. I mean, it's it's provided by Nike, Adidas, or you know whoever your your sponsor is. I don't think you have to file anything. I I, I don't want to jump what, out over my. I don't know. There was rumors. Yeah, go ahead. uh, There were rumors last year when Michigan played at Maryland. They actually won the game, but they shot atrociously in the first half. There were rumors that the ball Michigan warmed up with, that Maryland provided to warm up with, was different than the ball they played with, which is gamesmanship. I don't know that that's against the rules. Interesting. That's kind of what I wondered is, you know, people talk, you know, and and if, if... Team A plays Team B, and, and Team A struggles with whatever type of ball or however, you know, or whether that could be, like you said, pressure or texture or whatever. What's to stop teams later in their schedule from, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a, that's a fascinating and, yeah, like you said, stupid rule. That should be uniform. I don't know how on earth uh, they allow, you know, that to occur. But uh, macro-wise... Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit on it. Livers coming back is the most important thing. I mean, he opens everything up for them. It was clear. I mean, he's supposed to be their, we argue he's supposed to be their best player this year, right? Or maybe their most high ceiling player, you know, as far as he's the guy most likely to, like, play in the pros, become a potential. Yeah, yeah, him and Franz, but Franz obviously is a freshman. Um, Right. Clearly, he's more of a freshman than people necessarily were anticipating i don't know if it, sure. that was fair uh but he's he's his development's key too i mean really those are the two keys because if you're talking making a run to the sweet 16 or making a run to in the big 10 tournament or going toe-to-toe against the wisconsin or not wisconsin uh, michigan state ohio state maryland kind of trio that I, I i sense will be at the top of the standings when it's all said and done yeah, you need those two to look like potential, not potential NBA prospects, but guys who are trending toward that direction. Um, sure. Obviously, if one of them's sitting on the bench with a groin injury, that hurts Michigan. And then Franz, I just did a story yesterday. Um, he's still he's still trying to figure out how to be aggressive. I, I would say, I mean, Mo Mo did not do nearly what Franz has done as a freshman. And I, I don't know the German basketball history, but Franz pointed out in Germany, you're not encouraged to be to quote unquote take over games or to have the killer mentality or to um you know be that kind of aggressive and assertive. Like the Kobe's the Kobe mentality or the Steph Curry mentality, you know, that that 
they don't do that there. They do more um, modest team games. So I think he's still kind of learning how to how to how and when to take over. And he scored 15 points last night, so it was a pretty pretty solid game. He had he had some moments, had some missed shots too, but. Um, yeah, those two, I think, are the key. I agree. Fully agree. Because, yeah, like the, those are the guys, I think, that have another level. You know, Wagner to get there, Livers to just get back mm-hmm. and sort of regain, you know, that level. So, yeah, Minis- at Minnesota, at Iowa, at Nebraska, at Northwestern, at Rutgers are their next... That's their next slate of road games. You know, if they can go three and two in that stretch, I think they're in good. They're in, they're in a good spot because I think they'll hold Rutgers, serve. Rutgers looking like something. A little bit. Hey, they're they're ahead of Michigan in the net rankings. That's that's what I'm saying. I I've, I've seen that they've they, like that's not a, uh, ha ha, <laughs> game anymore. You know, I don't I don't think I think they got something going on there, which you know, good for them finally in in some sport. So. Yeah, I I was going to I think when they get when it gets time to them playing Rutgers, I think I'm going to do a story like kind of toward Michigan fans like what to do when Rutgers actually beats you at at basketball. Oh, that'll, that'll that'll go over well. Yeah. Sure. People love to read that. No, so. but um <laughs> uh no, I think if they go 3 and 2 in those five road games, the final couple at Ohio State at Maryland I think yeah, you look look at those the exact same way you look at a game at Michigan State. You know, you're still going to yeah. fight, you're still going to compete if you're Michigan. And of course it means big things if they do find a way to win, but I they're they're both kind of looking like top 10 teams right now, uh maybe just outside. And they both both are going to pack the house. I think both have already reported sellouts. So those two you don't worry about too much, but the other six I think you want to try to go Four and two, if you can, maybe three and three and three might be more realistic. Um, who's who's that? Who's the third to last road game? I don't know if you have the schedule up, but Purdue. Purdue. Uh, that's mm-hmm. tough too. Yeah. That's that no, is their last five game. Last five games at Purdue, home Wisconsin, at Ohio State, home Nebraska, at Maryland. A little bit okay. of a stretch there. Yeah. They don't go to Indiana though, which is one place that they've always. Kind of that's been like their like no matter how bad Indiana is, they usually seem to They've quietly won two straight there. Yeah, avoiding Wisconsin and avoiding Indiana though are the, that's uh that's beneficial toward Michigan's hopes of having a good record. Anyway, uh, we're gonna do more basketball talk throughout throughout the, the winter. Um, especially if you guys like it and, and are interested in it and give us give us some feedback or, or discussions to, to have. Uh, But for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Check out all of our stories over at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of basketball coverage um, from from the whole gang. So lots of stuff coming from this game. We'll have some stuff looking at Minnesota. Uh, Should be fun. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. 